Alrighty, let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that we can be here tonight. We just thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray as I speak the word that you've laid on my heart, that it would be delivered with clarity, that we reach our hearts and minds, Lord, that it would shift things, that it would encourage us, that it would spur us on, that it would inspire us, Lord, that your word would be like fire in our hearts, Lord, that it would change us and renew us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come right now and fill each one of us afresh. We were tired, we were weary from the week, that you would lift that off, Lord, that we would receive your word and that it would bear fruit in our lives, Lord. I pray refreshing, I pray release, I pray healing, I pray shifting and moving in us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would go from this place knowing that we have heard from you tonight. Lord, open our hearts, open our eyes, and just uh, enlighten us tonight from your word, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. Okay, I, I have a very unusual message tonight. Considering that we are in celebration mode, that we are here, that we, we saw this three years ago and had a strategy and a plan to have even the name, the treehouse, and we had a business plan and everything, and it was like, it was just held up. But what is this year? Restoration of anything that has gone missing, anything that is broken, anything that has been held back on, anything that we're disappointed on, this is the year of restoration, especially we've just claimed that word, and so this is restoration for us. Yeah? Amen? But tonight, I want to just give a word about perseverance, which seems strange. But you know, we, we get to a place where we start to believe God for things. And God likes us there. If you're not believing for anything, if you're not stepping out in faith, if you're not uncomfortable, then watch out. Because you don't grow being comfortable. God likes to stretch us. It's like, you know, a bow and arrow. And, we, and the arrow has to get stretched and stretched and stretched. You know, like the, what's it called? The bow. <laughs> the bow has to get stretched and stretched. And then the, you're the arrow. God pulls the bow and we're the arrow. But until you're stretched and you think, I can't handle it anymore, God. And he goes, yes, you can. Come on, come on. And stretches us and makes us bigger. And then he lets us go. And he, we start to fulfill our purpose and the plan that he has in our heart. So if you're feeling like, I've been believing. God, I've been praying. God, what are you doing? God, I want to change. I want to shift. He is stretching you. And if you're not in that place, go, God, stretch me. Now, that's a dangerous prayer, but that's where we grow in faith. I tell you what, I don't want to stay just like this. I want to, I want to soar on wings like eagles. I want to see dead rays up. I want to see more blind eyes open and more deaf hear. I, know I want to see multitudes and multitudes and multitudes coming to know him. I see it. I've got it on my wall, but God has to grow us to get that. You know, because where we are now, where we see off in the distance what we could be, but God's got to stretch us and he's got to grow us and he's got to build in us perseverance for us to get to that spot. Are you hearing me tonight? So, it's a strange word when we're in celebration mode, but God wants us to persevere and he wants us to stretch and be available to him to allow him to stretch us. Does that make sense? So when you're in the press and you don't know what to do, when you've been believing God to do something, when you've been asking God to do something in your world, and even if you're not, when you do, this is good to know. 
Because whenever you step out in faith, there's going to be a point where you have to stand. That you have to either choose to believe and keep on walking or you choose to go backwards. Because you can't just stay in one spot. We either grow or we go backwards. Okay, so when we're in the press, what do we do? When we're standing in faith, believing for a breakthrough, believing for a change, believing for something to happen, when the excitement of that vision and the, or a new relationship with Jesus or just something fresh in our life, and we're like, we know the direction that we want to go, we know what wants to happen, it's like, yes, and then the hard work comes in. Or, oh, it's not happening. And you can't see it in front of you. This is where we have to persevere because that's where you're being stretched by that bow. You're being stretched by God. And so it's like, what do we do when we're just having to believe and trust that what God has said he's going to bring about? You know, of course, all of us, God wants to place a vision and a dreams in our hearts. He's wired us up to be spectacular. You know, when he created mankind, he says, you will have dominion over all the earth. He created us. You know, Christian means little Christs, little Jesuses. Yeah? You're not just some pleb on a rock, quiet little thing that everybody's going to walk past and not notice. You know, we're called the light of the world. We're called the salt of the earth. Now, salt is everywhere. It's in everything. It's in everything we eat. It's in the very soil. It's everywhere we go. So we're meant to be everywhere. Yeah? It's also salt preserves. You know, so we're meant to preserve life. We're meant to, to make it tasty. You know, if somebody's going, oh, well, we're meant to make it better. We're meant to go, I'll show you the tasty stuff. It's also, so it, it preserves and it, <laughs> it was flavor. No, what was the first thing? I'm not. <laughs> it's everywhere. And the other thing it does, I'm off my notes, <laughs> is that it... Like, <laughs> I'm going to come back to it. It went out of my head because I was off my notes. But it brings life. Yeah? It brings life. And it's like the light of the world is you're meant to, when, you can't, when we're all together and we're all, you know, praising the Lord and there's light everywhere, it's great. But, you know, light is designed to go into the darkness because that's when we shine the most. That's when we shine the mode is when we go into the darkness, when we step out, when we are stretched. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with those people. They're not my type of people. I don't want to be there. That's when we're called to shine the brightest. That's when we're called to shine the brightest because when we're around that, we're called the light of the world. And then, even though it stretches us, you're like an arrow and you'll do and be where God wants you to be. And it, and it takes just going, God, I trust you. God, you're faithful. You're, you're going to do in me what you promised. And I, 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 Lord, I will persevere. I will, even when I don't understand, that I will let you stretch me so that I will be the salt and the light. The salt and the light. Now, if you look in Abraham, turn with me if you've got your Bibles or gadgets to Genesis chapter 15. The Lord's been really showing me stuff about Abraham. And, and uh, you see Abraham, and, and I know I've read this a couple of times to you, that uh, Abraham, chapter 15, the Lord appeared to him, and uh, he did not have an ear. And, the, and, the, and Abraham said to God, what do you, will you give me? And then you like, see over in chapter 17 that God comes to him and said, 
I'm, I'm going to promise you a child. I'm going to promise you that, that you will have a child by Sarah, who was barren. Now, this guy is 100 years old. His wife is way past childbearing years. And he says, I will bless you. Walk before me and I will make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. This is a promise that God gave Abraham. He waited years for that to come to pass. When it looked like it was impossible, when it looked like natural course of, of life had taken part, and, you, and, and it was like there was no hope in the natural, God did it. You look at his life and you go, and he is credited, that was faith. You want to know what faith is? Read the life of Abraham. You can read it in Genesis and you can read it in Romans. It's a credit to him as righteousness that he stood in faith, that he was stretched and he was stretched. And it was like, how can this happen now? How can what God has said happen now when it all seems impossible? And yet he chose to believe. He said, if God has said it, then it must be possible. And you look at Joseph. You know, he, he had these dreams and he went and told his brothers. You ever done that? You have these awesome revelation of what you're going to do with your life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. And you tell somebody, usually a family member, and they just go, come on now. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> you know, it's like those closest to you, sometimes that's, they're the hardest ones because they don't get it. They know you and they know all your flaws and your insecurities and your background and your past and they are quite happy to point it all out to you. But when God says something, you've got to just hold on to it. Joseph went and shared all about, he had this dream that he was going to be mighty and great. You know, and that, he got it because he, that was a blessing on him. That was a blessing on his life. And he just shared it around probably a little bit too much. But he didn't let go of it. His brothers got so jealous that they sold him off. He ended up, again, you know, working for Potiphar and, and then he, ended, and he got sold as a slave and all these things and he was in jail. But he never let go of who God said he was because he was being stretched. He was being stretched and stretched. And when you're persevering and you're holding on to a dream, God will allow you sometimes to be stretched because you know what? When you're really, really, really ready, then he's going to let you fly. He's going to let you fly. And in that stretching, that's where we've got to watch, that we persevere, that we have the right attitude. Our attitude determines how high and how far we're going to go when he lets us go. And as too often, we miss out on the opportunity and the call of God in our life because we have a little spitty when we're being stretched. And we go, it's too hard. I'm not going to live this life anymore. That faith stuff doesn't work. And we walk the other way. And you see people like that. And then you see others that they have been through stuff. They've stood, they've believed, they've chosen to follow God. And you see them years later and the fruit of that is in their life. They have a strength in them that, you know, others don't. Because they allowed God to stretch them. They allowed God in the press that they chose to believe. And so Joseph was one of those. Abraham was one of those. Daniel, all he was doing was praying. And he get, he get, you know, cheated on and thrown to the lions. What did he do? Did he have a stinky attitude? No. He just said, Lord, I just trust you. You know, sometimes you're going to be believing and you're going to be standing and you're not going to be doing anything wrong and people are going to come and have a go. And that's where we choose to just choose to believe that God is with you. God will look after you. God will promise that he will bless you. When things are hard, that's when we hold on. That's not the time to let go. 
When things get tough, we stand. Yeah? We're not wimpy little Christians. We stand. We're bigger on the inside. We're called mighty ones, overcomers, resurrection power abiding on the inside of us. We're not just, you know, the glory of God resides on the inside of us. The, glory, the resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of you. And sometimes you've got to speak to yourself. As Shara sings, sometimes you've got to tell your soul to sing. Yeah? Because your spirit knows, but you've got to tell your flesh. You've got to tell your mind, hey, get into line. This is who God says I am. And he is faithful and he will get us to where he promised. You know, we stand here tonight, but in 1996... Now, that's before some of you were born. Some of you were just born. But in 1996, God called us and said, I want you to go to Perth and plant a church. Now, we were quite happy and we were very comfortable. Everything was going, you know, great. The youth were growing. There were people getting saved. We were, you know, it was great. And God said, now it's time to go. And I was like, really? Yeah, messing with my thing. You know, when you say, God, I surrender all, and you sing those great songs, God takes you seriously. Here I am, Jesus. He takes you seriously because he has a plan and a purpose. He's just waiting for us to get in the right position to go, right, good let's go then. And you go, what? Well, you said, you sang it. Yeah, he'll take you seriously because he's waiting for us to get in position where we will just be surrendered enough for him to be able to do what he wants. And too often, we're like a horse and you're having to pull it, you know, with a bridle in its mouth. And he's going, I don't want to do that. I want you to be quick to listen and quick to obey and quick to respond because when we live like that, that's when we run the race. We're only here for a certain amount of time. And too often we get bogged down in the stuff that is not important. We get bogged down in family relationships and stuff that just gets to us. We get bogged down in our work and our career and our studies. And all of those are great. But if they're bogging you down, you've got to lift your eyes and say, Jesus, why do you want me here? What have you called me to do? What is the purpose and plan that you have for me to run the race? Because we have an assignment, each one of us, and you've got to stop And listen and find out what it is. Because you can waste a lot of time. You can waste a lot of years fluffing around and stuff that looks good. But doesn't have any lasting peace and joy in it. You know, people chasing after stuff. And it looks like it's going to bring joy. But it doesn't last. Happiness and joy are two different things. Happy is I've got a happy on. Joy is that deep, abiding, residing emotion depth to it. And that's what God wants us to have. You know, it's a joy that even if you're in the press, even if you're persevering, that like Paul and Silas, you find them in Acts and they'd been beaten, they'd been whipped, they were doing the right thing, they were sharing about Jesus and here they are. And they were singing their hearts out, praising the Lord. And everybody in the prison was listening. Because they had that deep abiding joy that no matter what was going on, they trusted that God had a plan and he had a purpose for their life. And that's what God wants you to know, that when the things get hard, when the promise doesn't look like it's going to happen, when life looks terrible, when the blessing doesn't look like it's manifesting, even though you read it over and over again, that's when you choose, how am I going to react? When you feel like life is whipping you and beating you up, how am I going to react? What am I going to choose to do? 
Will I have a pity party or will I lift my eyes up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and go, God, I choose to trust you. God, I choose to praise you. Regardless of how it looks, I will praise you. Because that is what gets you through. That's what got Joseph through. That's what got Daniel through. That's what got Paul and Silas through. That's what got Peter through. You know, Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned to death some, a number of times and he got raised back to life. He was abused by his own people and yet he knew who his God was. He knew the call of God in his life and he knew who he was. And that's what God wants us to know. He wants us to be people that know who we are and know that when the going gets tough that we will stand. And there's too many people, they don't stand and they walk away. And you see them and their life hasn't turned out, you know, the way that God wanted it to. There's so much less than it could have been. And it's disappointing and it disappoints God. It hurts his heart. Our job is to persevere and to hold on and to press in. You know, we're citizens of heaven and where Jesus is, we are. Now we're seated in heavenly places, the Bible says, and uh, we've got to just know who we are. You know, and this weekend, we've had all over the news all the stuff about the Paris bombings, and we've had some scary stuff out there, and you think, where is God and all that? And you can get afraid, and you can hear people. I was, we were down here, and I didn't even know about it, and I was running through the shops, and I could hear somebody going, did you hear about all the people that died in Paris? It was terrorists, and you could hear all around me the fear. And it's easy to get into that and it's easy to come down to that. And that's the time when God wants you to press into him and to know who you are and who your God is. You know, it says in the Bible, I have told you these things, that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident and certain and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's John chapter 16, verse 33. I read it out of the Amplified. But Jesus says, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome it. But I want to point out, it says, I've told you things that in me, you may have peace. Did you get that in me? In me, you may have peace. In the world... You're going to have trial and tribulation and stress and worry and fear. But in me, you will have peace. When you try to live in the world's way of doing things and when you try to live in just what the world says, you're going to be afraid. And things are going to come at you and they're going to press you and you're not going to be able to stand. But Jesus says, in me, we're in him, he's in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, the devil's trying to wreak havoc. He's trying to make us afraid. He's sort of trying to make us shrink back. But Jesus says, in me, you will have peace. Take heart, I have overcome the world. You don't, you don't belong here. Once you ask Jesus into your life, you're a citizen of heaven. You're not under the government in the, in the sense of how you, how you see yourself anymore. You know, the Bible says there's neither Greek nor Jew. That means there's neither... You know, there's no differentiation in God's eyes. Once you come to him, you belong to him. And the world needs to get hold of that. Once you belong to him, you belong to him. And it's like we don't, we don't have to come under all the stuff of the world because you belong to Jesus. You're a citizen of heaven. 
He's already built a mansion up there for you. There's already places for you to have rest in. And he wants us to know that so that we don't have to be afraid. And then in the press and the hard stuff, we can just go into him. Find your center in him. You know, if you don't quiet down, if you don't settle down, you're going to just get affected by how the world operates. And you see that. You might have seen that weekend, this weekend. You might have even got caught up in it yourself. But if you just find your center and your quiet spot in him and just enter into that place with him, you will have peace. In the world, you have trouble. But in me, you have peace. Hold on to that. You don't have to come under all the stuff that the world throws. In Jesus, we have peace. And he'll find a way through. He'll direct your path. You don't have to get stressed when you go to work or whatever tomorrow. And you listen to everybody talking and you know, it's okay. We're in Jesus. And greater is he that is in me. And he's got you. And regardless of what happens, you have a home in heaven. And he has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. So we don't have to be afraid because God has you. You don't have to live in fear. And that's what he was saying because he was warning of the disciples, there's stuff coming. There's persecution coming. But take heart, be of good courage. I am with you. You are in me. You belong to me. Don't be afraid. When the press comes, when stuff happens, you've got to persevere in your faith. Don't step back. Don't shrink back. You step up to the plate. You say, this is who I am and this is who my God is. And he'll lift the load. You try to do it in the world's way with all the arguments and all the stuff that goes around. You know, just do it in him. Love him and love those around you. That's what will make the difference. Press into him. When we're standing and trusting and persevering, perseverance has to kick in. When we're trusting that God is going to do something in our life, in our country, in our world, we've got to just trust him. And we've got to have faith and patience because they have to go to work. When you're believing for something, patience has to go to work. Faith activates the supernatural realm and patience trusts that what has been promised and revealed to you and asked and prayed for will come to pass. Your faith reaches out and grabs it. Patience undergirds you till you get it. We don't like hearing that because we're like, I've waited long enough. Faith and patience inherits the promise of God. Faith is the activation point. Patience is what keeps you standing. Perseverance is what keeps you standing until it breaks through. We waited three years to be here. We've lifted lots of chairs and sound desks and moved stuff, haven't we? Yeah, we're still moving a little bit, but it'll get better. But it's like, it's by faith that we saw what God wanted to do. And by patience, that's what's kept us standing. We're like, God, we know you have something better for us. God, we know you have a plan. And we just kept on believing and stepping and doing what we could do. And that's what God wants each one of us to do in our personal lives, is reach out and grab hold of something. Don't stay where you're at. If you're comfortable and going, oh, well, I'm quite comfortable, I encourage you, don't stay in that spot because God wants you to grow. He wants you to be mountain movers. Yes? Yes. Okay, I just want to read quickly to you from from Matthew chapter 7 that when you ask, Matthew chapter 7, because this is what you're going to have to do. When God says something to you and you start to activate something in your heart, he's going to tell you to ask. 
He says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open. God says, when you activate your faith, you're going to start asking. And that's kind of can be a passive thing. It's like, oh yeah, there's a revelation that I can ask for something. You've got to get there first that you can ask. Why can you ask? Because God loves you. Why can you ask? Because he wants to bless you. He wants to free you. He wants you to have a have, you know, full and abundant life. And he says, ask. So start asking for something. Start believing for something. So you ask. That in the Greek, that is in a present tense. It says, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Asking is like a level of inquiry. You step out and you ask. All right? And then it says, seek. That suggests that a step up. So sometimes we stop at the asking and we go, well, come on, God. But, you know, when you seek, what do you do? You actually step up and you start to look. And it's like, so God says, ask. And then he says, seek. And then he says, knock. And knock is another step up again. And and he says, ask. And then seek. And then he says, knock. And it will be open to you. Don't give up. When things look like they're not happening, you keep, you've asked. And then you seek. And then you keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Be like the persistent widow that she just kept on knocking until she got the answers she wanted. You be like a bulldog. Don't let go of the promises of God. There is so much in this word and it's not for wimpy people. You've got to have some guts to get hold of it. Why? Because there's a fight on and the devil doesn't want us to have it. Why doesn't he want us to have it? Because he knows when you've got it, you've got it in your pocket that you know who you are, that you will be unstoppable on that thing. Yeah? So you ask, start to ask for something. Why? Because God says that he wants to bless you, that he wants to free you from every curse. He's already done it, but he wants you to live in that place. So start to ask, then start to seek. Go, God, how is this going to happen? What do you want me to do? And then keep on, keep on knocking. Don't give up. Just be like that persistent, annoying person that keeps on going, God, Hello, are you there? Just keep on knocking. Is there a song? There's a song, Keep On Knocking. Anyway, it ran through me. <laughs> it's probably some strange song. Asking plus action plus persevering. Too often we stop at just asking and getting a little hissy. You know, I don't know, some of you might have seen when a kid just keeps on asking and they just keep on asking and they keep on seeking. My kids are really good at it. And then they'll come and knock at the door even when it's closed. They've got it down pat, the persevering to get what they want. They're like, ask, mum, mum. And I'm like, I'm up here. And then they'll look out for me. They'll, they'll chase me down the hall, don't you? You chase me down the hall. And it's like, I just want some peace and quiet. And they're like, mum, mum, mum. And I'm like, oh, all right then, what do you want? You know, we've got to be like that sometimes of just, I am not going to give up until I get what I want. Now, within reason. I'm putting a little clause on that, children. But you know what I mean, don't you? And too often we go, oh, well, maybe God's not listening. Or maybe I shouldn't ask for that. If it's in the Word, you can ask for it. If it's in here, you can ask for it. So find out what's in there and start to ask. Because that's when we grow, is when we start to ask. 
God wants us to ask. He's a loving heavenly father who is waiting for us to come to him. He says, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Grace, undeserved favor. You don't deserve anything, yet God gives you his grace. He says, you know, you may feel like, well, who am I to ask? He says, you're a a creation of his, so you can ask. And when you know him, you're a child of the Most High God. So he, he wants us to ask. So start asking for something. Start seeking out how he's going to do it. And then knock and keep on knocking and keep on just, God, I'm going to persist. God, I'll remind you of your word. You said you're alert and active, watching over your word to do it. You said in your word that not one word goes forth from your lip, will not return to your void, but will accomplish what you set it forth to do. Lord, you said I'm blessed that when I go in and when I go out, that I'm, I'm everything that you'll provide for me, that a cattle at a thousand hills belongs to you. So to make a demand on it, knock on heaven's door and say, God, you said... Because he wants you to do that. The angels hearken up. Get the angels busy. Come on now. Get your angels busy. There is angels assigned when they hear the word. When you bring it back to him and say, God, you said. The angels go, hallelujah, somebody's asking. Hallelujah, somebody's seeking. Hallelujah, somebody's knocking. Come on now. We've got to start asking and seeking and knocking because that's when we'll see the stuff happen. Am I the only one that's excited tonight? I've been working very hard, but, you know, God wants to get this across to us. He takes it seriously. He died on the cross to break every curse, to break every sickness, to break every poverty, to deliver us from every evil. He takes it seriously. That's a covenant that he takes seriously. And when you just go, oh, well, God can't do it, you offend him. Because you're saying that what he did on the cross is not powerful to set you free. That what he did on the cross is not powerful enough to release a blessing in your life and reverse every curse. You're saying that he is not powerful enough to turn your poverty into prosperity. Come on now. He takes it seriously what he did on that cross. That is a covenant promise sealed with his blood. And he takes it seriously. So when you ask, he takes it seriously. When you seek and you knock, he's listening up and he will set the angels to work. So take it seriously. Don't just sit there and think, oh, what am I going to do next year? What am I going to believe for next year? Get down and say, God, I'm going to ask for this. Quiet your heart and seek him and say, what is it that God wants with my life? Because he takes it seriously. Every word that's in here, he takes it seriously. It's backed up with his blood. It's backed up with every, every force in heaven. The demons are a minority, by the way. The angels outnumber them. They're outnumbered. And when you activate your faith and when you open your mouth and when you start to believe and when you start to ask and you seek and you knock, those angels are activated on your behalf. I, stu- I sat on a bench in the Armadale Park and Philip and I said, we want this. This is what God said to us three years ago. It came up on the market and we said, we want that. So we sat there and we went up into the heavenlies in our prayer and we stood in the courts of God and we said, God, we want this. This is restoration for us. You said that you would bless us. You said that you give us a place that we could call home, that we could reach out and bless others with. You said, and so I I gave it to the Lord and he judged it and he said, yep, 
You've got it. This is restoration. And then I stood there and the, I sat there on the park bench and I opened my eyes and in the spirit I could see angels just went bang, 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 bang and went to work. Now sometimes you can't see that straight away that they've gone to work. But this happened. There was a lot of work done by those angels to line it up. When the bank said no, God said, you press in, you persevere. This is restoration. So I marched around my lounge room. I get myself stirred up because you've got to get yourself stirred up. You've got to get yourself stirred up. You've got to get feisty. Mama's a living testimony of that. If she hadn't got feisty, she'd be you know, in glory at the moment. But she wouldn't be here, yahooing on the front row. She got feisty with that cancer and said, I will not have this. I will see my great-grandchildren. And she got feisty. You've got to get feisty and say, God said, this is restoration. And the angels go to work. The angels go to work on your behalf. So start believing for something. Come on. Start believing for something, for God to do something. Because when you do, it glorifies him. Because you can shout about it. You know, you can believe for him. And it's not that we're some great big wig Christian. You know, people say to me, I share about having six babies with no pain and all this stuff. And they say, oh, you're amazing. I say, no, I'm not. I'm just, I've got an amazing God and I know him. And I've got that in my pocket. And I'm not going to let the devil, you know, go and cause people to be afraid. So I shout it round when I can. You know, when I say I've been healed and set free, and they go, oh, wow, you've got such great faith. I just grabbed hold of the promises of God's word and said, enough is enough. I will not be decrepit and a cripple in pain anymore. And so I grabbed hold of this and said, enough. I draw my line and you get your hairy toe back over it. You've got to be feisty. You've got to let the devil and his demons know because they are the minority. When you've got poverty and you can't pay your bills, you get your word out and you march around and say, Lord, I thank you that you supply all my needs. I thank you that I'm blessed. I thank you that you give me wealth and riches in my house. And you start to declare it because when you do that, when you ask and you seek and you knock, heaven listens. When you're believing for a work, when you're believing for your studies, when you're believing for those exams, seek and knock and believe. And do what God says, and you will see the breakthrough. It might not happen straight in your eyes, but it doesn't mean nothing's happening. When you ask and you seek and you knock, all of heaven pays attention. When you get hold of this in here and get hold of his word, heaven sits up. And they're waiting for us to do it. And the church has been sitting on our laurels going, oh, well, it's so terrible. Look at the world. Well, get off of our butts and say, hang on a minute. This is what God wants us to do. When you look at the news and you go, wow, how scary that could happen to us. Instead of saying that, you go, no. We protect our borders. We protect our boundaries and start to pray and ask the angels to do work on our behalf. We don't have to just wait and let them come in. We don't have to wait and just let bad stuff happen. We can stand and say no and ask the angels to work on our behalf. Too much stuff gets by us because we sit there on our, on our thumbs not doing anything. And God wants us to step up and to persevere and to ask and to seek and to knock. You got that? Amen. So go home. Get your notepad out. Get your Bible out and sit down and write something on it and say, God, I'm believing for this. And you watch. When you persevere and you stand on that and you stand on his word, it will come to pass. Because that's what he promised and he died for that.
and he takes it very seriously. He takes it really seriously. His covenant promises to us are yes and amen. So be it. It's done. It is finished, Jesus said. It is finished. The curse is broken. The blessing is relief. So don't get stolen from us anymore. Stand up. Persevere. Ask. Seek. Knock. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you want us to come to you. You want us to make a demand upon what you've promised. You want us to ask and seek and knock and not just stay in one place in our faith and our walk with you. Lord, I pray that the words that I've spoken tonight, that they will bear fruit in our lives, where we've let ourselves get comfortable, where we haven't stepped out enough. Lord, I pray that you would stir us up. Holy Spirit, that you take the words and that they would bear fruit that they would not be stolen. We just want to bless you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, for everything you've done of us. We thank you for such a time as this. In Jesus' precious name. We all said, Amen. If anybody would like prayer, come and see me. It's what we're here for. Because then we'll ask... And we'll seek and we'll knock and God does stuff. Amen.